When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Vikings game just ended. What do you think? think? Let's hear it. It's Vikings Vent Line. Call us at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Vent, this is Vikings Vent Line. Second down and six. Haskins too high and now picked. McLaren was wide open, but Anthony Harris gets the interception. All right, welcome to Vikings Vent Line. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. Mm-hmm. And the numbers are 651-646-8255 if you want to chime in here on this Thursday night. And uh, thank you to the Vikings in Washington for being very efficient tonight, Manny yes. Hill. This is a very snappy two-hour and like 45-minute contest tonight. Lots of runs. Uh, was moving. Yeah, I think they like they were taking commercial breaks, trying to cram them all in because they didn't have enough breaks during the fourth quarter. But it's a Vikings win, and plenty of things to talk about in this one. And we'll take your questions and comments via phone and at Score North on Twitter again six five one six four six eight two five five. And uh, I guess let's like you told me right before we took the mics. I need I need a mini rant before we take phone calls. We'll get to Sam in DC in a second, but the floor is yours. Go okay, I, I'm just gonna say this. Kirk Cousins played very well tonight. He was 23 out of 26, 285 yards. Didn't throw a touchdown. That's fine. Didn't throw a pick. That's fine. The Washington Football Team is one and six. Well, they're now one and seven after tonight. They're a bad football team. Kirk Cousins played well. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna turn into Danny Green here, where I'm gonna crown Kirk Cousins like the MVP of the league and the greatest quarterback we have ever seen. Because are you, are you ripping Kirk Cousins to start the show? I'm not ripping. He played very well tonight, but apparently, because I'm not anointing him like the greatest quarterback performance that I've ever seen tonight, that like I'm not giving him enough credit or what he he played well tonight against a bad football team. It's good. It's good that he didn't perform poorly, but like Washington, they're the one in seven. Okay, but one of the worst teams in the league. But he, he played very well. Yeah, he did. He should have. Are he people did what chirping he was you on Twitter do. or something? Is well, that what you're? It's, it's like I'm getting these questions. Like, well, 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 Kirk played very well. Yeah, yes, he did. Yes, he did what he was supposed to do. He played well against a bad team. That's nothing we have not seen before with Kirk Cousins. Well, but one thing that we haven't seen a lot of is Kirk Cousins playing really well and winning in prime time. So again, it's Washington and they're terrible. That's and they have one that's win. That's the thing, though. That it's 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 Washington, and there was a lot made about 
how he was going to perform about against his former team and all of that. But the, Washington is just awful. Like, they're just bad. And Kirk, I give Kirk credit. He played very well tonight. He was under duress. The offensive line did not look great tonight in protection. We can get to Pat Elfline a little bit here, too. But, I mean, let's 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 just chill here for a minute. Like, Kirk, Kirk is being paid handsomely. He's a good quarterback. He's played very well for about a month now, but let's, let's, we give him credit, but let's not get out of control here with like how much credit we give him tonight for how he performed yeah, against a bad team. He was very good tonight. There's he a did lot. What he needed to do. There's, there's boxes to be checked. Tonight was one of the boxes. I think the primetime boxes need to be checked, and he checked one tonight. Uh, I think the road games against good teams that are going to be coming up on the schedule, starting with Kansas City and then Dallas and then later That's on the Seattle. Stuff I'm looking for. Those are going to be big games for Kirk. But these last four games, he's done exactly what he should do. I think yep. offensively, they've mostly schemed the way that they should. The offensive line was pretty rickety at times. This is one of Pat Elfline's worst games in terms of penalties. He was bad tonight. At one point, he got forklifted into Kirk Cousins. So uh, there, there were some good and some bad, but for the most part, the Vikings just get these Thursday night games are weird, and guys are still nursing major injuries and bruises from uh, the Sunday game just a few days earlier. Mm-hmm. There's very little practice, so they they get wonky. Just win the game. They did nineteen to nine. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill six five one six four six eight two five five. Sam in DC, you're first out of the gate here on Vikings Ventline. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, so, you know, agree with with everything you were saying in the intro. I think this was a really bad game for Pat Elfline. Like, at the end there, Alexander Madison probably had, like, 50 yards called back on holding calls and bad penalties. I think they probably could have scored a couple more touchdowns um, that were just called back with these drive-killing penalties. So it's, it's frustrating, but he's probably the weakest link on our offensive line, and that's just something you have to deal with. Yeah, I will say on, on Kirk and – it's tough to see just watching on TV, but it feels like he was hanging on for the ball for a bit longer to make a bigger play happen, whether it's because he's testing out these, you know, second string, third string DBs, or it's his ex team and he wants to, you know, put up some yards on them. It just felt like he was holding on for a big play that sometimes it developed. He had a couple of huge throws to digs that were really great, um, but it seems like he was just wanting for a bit more. Like, it's, it's what you said. It's like it's a short week you can't do your full install or whatever and you have injuries and a win is a win and you take it and you move on. So thanks for taking my call yeah. and uh, I'll listen. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank Great you, Sam call. in DC. And I think, you know, there I'll say this, the Vikings were favored by 16 or 17 points, depending on the sports book. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be some reaction out there that says, Man, that was just kind of an ugly game. It was nineteen to nine. Although the Vikings didn't punt, and we can talk about yeah. the the fourth and one that they went for on their own thirty five yard line at some <laughs> point here. But you know, I the NFL, the even the worst teams, the Dolphins, Washington, they're still NFL teams, mm-hmm. and they still have capable players. And you know, for for all the talk about Adrian Peterson being washed up, you know, okay, there's a difference between Adrian Peterson ten years ago. And washed up. There's a huge, like, washed up to me is your garbage, two yards of carry, you can't hack it anymore. And then 10 years ago, Adrian Peterson is maybe the greatest pure running back in the history of the NFL. He's on a Mount Rushmore with Jim Brown and Walter Payton, et cetera, right? Sure. Okay, he's neither of those things, but he's somewhere in between. I mean, he averaged five yards of carry tonight, five and a half yards of carry. Uh, he looked fine. All I'm saying is 
if anyone's out there thinking, oh man, like this was, you should have blown out the Redskins and anything. I know Rami said on our show earlier today, it's a failure if you don't blow out the Redskins. Well, <laughs> I think these Thursday night games are just different. Just yeah. win the game, get to six and two. They're tricky. And, and then take your 10 days of prep for potentially Pat Mahomes coming back and you going to Kansas City and playing one of the best teams in the NFL. So I think my major takeaway, Manny, from this, on the positive side anyways, mm-hmm. was that Dalvin Cook continues to be the best running back in the NFL. He is the thing that sets up almost everything else on offense. And that's not to take away from Kirk Cousins, who only had three incompletions tonight. Stefan Diggs had another massive game. Mm-hmm. He broke Randy Moss's three-game yardage record. He, it's the most yards ever gained by a Vikings wide receiver over a three-game stretch in the history of the franchise. But I think a lot of this stuff gets set up because defenses know that Dalvin Cook, whether it's out of the backfield catching passes, and he caught five of them for uh, 73 yards tonight, or whether it's in the zone-blocking uh, scheme they have in the running game, 23 carries for 98 yards. He's amazing, and you have to account for him, and I think he opens up so many things in the passing game, and uh, I just it just solidified it again tonight. There's not a running back in the NFL that I wouldn't take over Dalvin Cook. Teams are scared of him. They are scared of the game-breaking potential that he has every time he is given the football. They are scared of if Kirk Cousins dumps it off to him on a, on a running back pass play, on screens, things like that. They Teams are focusing in on him, and much like, in, in a way, Phil, much like teams would focus in on Adrian Peterson when he was at the height of his career here. The difference, the, the huge difference is Kirk Cousins is a competent quarterback, and you have really good weapons on the outside with Diggs. And I mean, Thielen didn't play tonight, but obviously Adam Thielen is very good. And, you know, Irv Smith, we finally got a chance to see Irv Smith a little bit in the second half of the game tonight. That's That's been the difference is that teams are keying in on Dalvin Cook trying to shut him down. And Kirk Cousins, for the last four games now, has been able to take advantage of that. And that's and that's good. I mean, that's that is the sign of an offense that is on the right page right now. The only nitpicky thing tonight is, you know, the offensive line had a very, very, very sketchy night tonight, particularly Pat Elfline. But, you know, this was a pretty solid performance from the offense, aside from some of the things we saw from the offensive yeah. line. You know, and Kirk Cousins played well tonight. I'm not surprised by that because I mean, forget about the prime time thing. I mean, it was against a bad team, and Kirk Cousins has done this against bad teams before. I'm not surprised by it. Played very well. He deserves credit for that. Dalvin Cook deserves credit for what he did today. Stephon Diggs was terrific. This was this was this was pretty this was a pretty solid yeah. win tonight. It wasn't it wasn't pretty from start to finish, but they got out of here with a win, and uh, you give them credit for that for sure. It also feels like they went in schematically offensively and said, "All right, this is going to be kind of a boring milk toast game plan. Mm-hmm. Mostly going to throw short passes, screens, and run the football." It, just off the top of my head, the only real deep pass I can remember was the the, the third down pass down the sidelines to Stefan Diggs. Just that drop in the bucket dime that Kirk Cousins it's a beautiful threw. Beautiful throw, thirty thirty five yards down the field. And outside of that, it just, I think, I think the Vikings wisely knew going in short week, tough to have a full game plan. It's a weak opponent. Just lean on them. Just, just mm-hmm. like, let's, let's, let's avoid turnovers and 
Stefan Diggs has a fumbling problem this season, and he has to work on that. It was his fourth fumble, but just <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, let's just let's hand the ball off, uh, lean on him with the offensive line, and let's throw some short passes to Stefan Diggs and uh, get a couple tight ends in the mix, and make sure Dalvin Cook gets the ball in the air five or six times, and and that was it. So six five one six four six eight two five five. Go back to the Vikings vent lines here. Eric and Bismarck, you're on the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, Good. man? What's up? Hey, um, Manny hit the nail on the head. I think there are so many positive things to uh, take from tonight's win, even though it wasn't the, the prettiest. I'm just curious you guys' take on this, though. Um, where does merit play into starting positions for Xavier Rhodes and Pat Elfline? I mean... You have to convince me, especially in the case of Pat Elfline, would his replacement potentially play worse than Pat Elfline? And I'm talking about Dakota Dozier, possibly Brett Jones, who I know in preseason was, was one of the top-ranked centers in, in pro football focus. But you have to convince me at some point if – if Pat Elfline keeps playing the way he does, that his replacement can't possibly do better than him. I mean, as a team, we should be focusing on wins and we should be focusing on a deep playoff push. If we're stubborn and say, hey, we drafted Pat Elfline in the first or second round, we've got to stick with him, he'll shake it off eventually. You know, you at some point you have to look at the merits of, of what the person's producing and, and make a decision based on that. Um, again, positive win. You know, it's tough to be negative at a point like this, but when we start playing tougher teams, we need better than Pat Elfline's performance today. We just, we just do. Yeah, Eric and Bismarck, thank you for the phone call. Uh, so he's asking about Pat Elfline, Manny, and Xavier Rhodes. And, I mean, Elfline... Looked like he was going to cry in the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah, like he was penalties. And Xavier Rhodes, I I don't think it's an overreaction to say that the Vikings for sure have three better cornerbacks on their team right now than Xavier Rhodes. That Xavier Rhodes is only starting based on previous performance two yeah. or three years ago. He's getting picked on now too. Think about this, man. Washington, one of the worst teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. came into your house in primetime with Case Keenum and said, Xavier Rhodes is the dude we're going to pick on for the entire first half. Who would have thought that two or three years ago? It's really, here we are. It's really unbelievable. I, I, you know, he's Xavier last year had a tough year last year. He was, I think he was rated as like the 70th best corner by, by PFF last year, I think. And I think we last year we kind of looked at it as, okay, well, he was dealing with some injuries and, you know, it was just sort of a tough year for him physically. But if he comes back in 2019 healthy, then, you know, and we had Zimmer in the in the offseason talking with media saying, you know, Xavier's got to play better and I'm going to make sure he plays better. And we just feel so we just haven't seen it. And I mean, at this at this point, it's like two straight years of him just not not playing at the level that he was playing in 2017 when he was one of the best cover corners in the NFL. 
I don't I don't know if he's I don't think he's ever going to be able to get back to that in no. 2017 and if he's not then considering how much he's making considering how much his salary is counting against the cap and the fact that you've got other guys you've got Mike Hughes who's starting to get back into the groove of things I think they're going to get Holton Hill back next week cuz he had a eight or two four game suspensions I guess now how much you can really trust him and rely on him, that remains to be seen. I think but he's going for the cycle. I think there's another suspension category probably, that he can probably get here. Probably. But the main point is that, you know, they've they've got some options here at that position. And I know Mike Mike Zimmer's uh we know Mike Zimmer is a prideful guy. He takes pride into what he does with on the defensive side of the ball. Xavier Rhodes is one of his guys that he helped groom and grow into one of the best corners in the league. And I know it's probably going to be tough for Zimmer to come to grips with the fact that Xavier Rhodes is just not the same guy anymore, but he's going to have to get there. Yeah. six five one six four six eight two five five Vikings vent line here on the all new score North and the score North app. Also video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. If you want to give us a follow on any of those platforms or uh, YouTube, all of them are just at score North S K O R North. Randy in Cottage Grove. Randy, what's going on, man? Vikings win tonight, six and two. No, I'm not doing that right now. Wait, what did you? You're, you're kind of cutting out there, Randy. Are you okay? Oh no, is he okay? I think Randy. I, I was following Randy on Twitter tonight. I feel like Randy might have been a couple drinks in. Just gonna, just gonna speculate there. Yeah, that was... Uh, Grandy uh, might have gotten into a couple victory shots. Yeah. Hmm. I, was, I thought he might stay on a little longer, but... Hmm. Let's go to Colin in Sioux Falls. Hey, Colin. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Welcome show, man. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Forget uh, forget K-Fan. You guys at least uh, put it down on the line. You're not uh, homers. Uh, and we definitely got to call Randy back. I'm kind of worried about him. Yeah, I know. I think someone could check on Randy there. I, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, nothing terrible happened there. Like uh, he might have dropped. He might have dropped his beer. Can someone check his number on on the on speed dial or something? Right. Yeah, I think he'll he'll, start the show if he's conscious. He'll call back. (sighs) We'll see. All right, Manny. What was that opening? I don't. I mean, are you getting a bunch of Twitter hate or what's going on there? I I think there's there's this. It it seems as though there's like two sort of sides to this Kirk Cousins thing where it's like the people who absolutely love him and think that he can do no wrong and the people that absolutely hate him and going to rip him for everything. I fall in the middle when he plays well. I give him credit when he plays poorly. I rip him. That's kind of how this works. And I guess. No, I I hear you. No, no, no. no, And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know, it's it's really, really weird. It's it's like, I don't know, people want me to, like, crown him, like, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen because he threw for 286 <laughs> See, yards against a one so team. So to me, Colin and Manny, to me, this isn't that hard. Kirk Cousins has been really, really good over the past four weeks. Yep. And the rest of the season has so many different checkpoints that, like, it'll the, the story will play out however it plays out. Yep. He will either... Silence every critic that has ever come across his his world yep. um, by performing well against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football and the Packers at home in Week 16 with the division on the line. I mean, 
It all lines up at this point. Yep. One way or the other, it will be decided on the field for Kirk Cousins. So we can sit here and we can have our little debates about, all right, has he turned the corner or uh, is, no, is, is he overrated, just, underrated? It's, 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 it's gonna, pointless to I'm do that. It's going to play out on the field. I'm not debating that whatsoever. I I just think he had a solid game, and it was kind of funny, man. He opened with that. But a couple other thoughts. Um, yeah, Xavier Rhodes has got to go. I mean, he runs up against a rookie with a speecher like Terry McLaurin. And, I mean, he, you know, hook, hook, eight-yard hook catch, eight-yard hook catch, 80% of Case Keenum's yards came against Xavier Rhodes. And then on the offline front, I'm – I don't know. I he's really quick. He gets out. He reaches. He gets his he gets his inside shoulder there. And uh, you know, two or three of those holding penalties, which is why we had 19 points because they kept holding, holding, flag, flag, flag in the red zone. I don't know. I mean, he's getting there. He's there. I didn't. I don't know. I think he can. I think he can be a solid player. He's still uh, kind of getting into the guard uh, routine. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't know. He looks good sometimes, and other times he's getting bull rushed and getting beat the hell up. But Yeah. Yeah, Colin, and hey. He's getting there. Thank he's you. There. Thank you for the kind words, Colin, and thank you for your uh, your phone call here, man. Call back awesome again, call. all right? Oh, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, by the way, off of what he said about stalling out in the red zone, this is from Warren Sharp at Sharp Football on Twitter. Mm-hmm. No team has scored less than 20 points when winning a game without a single punt. Since 2000, until the Vikings tonight. In fact, the last 10 years, uh, such punt-free victors score 40 points per game on average. (laughs) That's what happens when you insist on establishing the run when you are uh, grinding clock like that. And part of it was, you know, they just they'd stalled out in the red zone because holding penalties because mostly pat offline. Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to Dan in St. Paul. Dan, you are on Vikings Vent Line. 651-646-8255. A couple open lines right now. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, hey, guys. Um, it seemed like a – I mean, it was it was fine. It was a nice win and everything, but their head coach got fired a week ago. Their number one receiver is a rookie. I mean, they got Adrian Peterson, who's, who's who was banged up. Case Keenum – Dwayne Haskins, it, it just seemed like a game we should have won 35-6. to six. Um, I'm not complaining. It just seemed like we should have – we should have done better. I, I don't know. I can't put a finger on it. But, but, but we let them hang around just too long, I thought. Yeah, and I would say this. I, Dan, I don't disagree with you necessarily – but there's going to be games like this throughout a season, and Thursday night games are prime for not looking as sharp as you normally would mm-hmm. or being more banged up than you ordinarily would be, and so your performance drops off. You're not going to have, you know, even even the New England Patriots, who are just clearly the best team in the NFL, they're going to have a couple games that, oh, man, they should have scored 30 tonight, and they only scored 17. Uh, so They beat Buffalo 16-10. to 10. I think it was like week two or week three or something like that. So I think it's fair to say, yeah, they probably could have and should have scored more points and had a wider margin of victory than 10. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I don't think it has any predictive value. I think, I don't think it has any, I don't think you can look at this and say, well, they, they should have won this game and scored 30 points instead of 19. So therefore 
they're not going to beat the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football in a couple of weeks from now. I, I just, I, I just think it was, it's a game in a vacuum. It's an NFL team that you're playing still, and it's a Thursday night, and you won the game. This, this very much felt like it's a Thursday night. It's a short week. We got some guys that are banged up. Adam Thielen's not playing tonight. Let's just, we're clearly better than this team. Let's just get out of here with a win. And listen, they were favored by what, 16 and a half tonight? Yeah. Vegas had it at 16 and a half, yeah. which, sorry, Vegas, the Vikings didn't get that last touchdown there to cover. Um, but, you know, I mean, they, they, this, this very much felt like a game where it's just like, let's just, Run the ball, chew clock. That's kind of what Mike Zimmer likes to do anyway. Get enough stops on defense. Their quarterback play, I mean, Keenum got knocked out of the game with a with a concussion, and Dwayne Haskins came in, and he's just, that interception he threw to Anthony Harris, like, <laughs> dude, like, he just overthrew his receiver by 10 yards, it felt yeah. like. And so for the Vi- from the Vikings standpoint, it just seemed like, let's just get out of here with, with a win and try to make sure that everybody – Gets out of here healthy. Let's not do anything stupid. And for the most part, they they didn't do anything stupid tonight. It was it wasn't pretty. They didn't score a ton of points, but you know, I mean, they outgained Washington two to one, four thirty four to two sixteen. So I, I do have some nitpicks that I, I didn't want to start early with nitpicks because again, it was a win. They're mm-hmm. six and two, and they're in a really really good spot to win this division. And uh, I mean, they're not leading it, but they, they're in a really good spot right now. But I do have, I have a couple nitpicks that oh, yeah. I'd like to get to at some point. Six five one six four six eight two five five Vikings vent line here on Score North. David in Minneapolis, go ahead. Good evening. Um, I was just going to say, watching this game, I was kind of surprised. There was a couple different things where I was just like, thought I was in some sort of you know time warp or something. Like I, I couldn't understand the, some of the coaching decisions on both sides. Like the Redskins calling timeout with. The, the half of our ready to end and not forcing the Vikings to use their timeouts. And they basically allowed the Vikings to score with a, without using a single timeout. And then with Zimmer going for it on the 35, when he's got um, a rookie quarterback, who's basically showed nothing. I like, he always talks about his defense and I was just like surprised he didn't punt and then just put pressure on them. And it was just, both of those things were really weird decisions by the coaches and then sometimes I wonder with like Zimmer, um, did he so sure about his his front four that he, they're going to get to the quarterback? That I'm always surprised that he doesn't blitz more against rookie quarterbacks or backups, you know, like Chase Daniels, um, anybody like that, where he just doesn't put more pressure on them. So, David, we're going to give you by the way, stay on hold because uh, because you brought up going for it at the 35, and we'd love to dive into that. We're going to make you the popcorn call of the show. Brought to you by Popcorn in Minnetonka. You can find them in the upper concourse at uh, the stadium. Section 325 at every home game. Fresh popcorn available in six customer favorite flavors. Again, that's uh, Popcorn in Minnetonka. Going for it at the 35-yard line. So ordinarily, Manny, I am all about analytics. I'm all about being aggressive. I hate it, hate it, hate it when coaches just auto-punt on 4th and 1 and 4th mm-hmm. and 2 especially from around midfield or beyond midfield. I mean if you're at like if you're at, if you're at the opponent's 45 or 40 yard line and you're looking actively to punt on 4th and 1 and 4th and 2, don't don't even be a head coach. Right, Go get right, a Madden right. consultant and have them stand by you on the side. <laughs> but in this case, at your own 35 yard line yeah. with a 7 point lead, 2 minutes left in the third quarter and 
Their quarterback is Dwayne Haskins, who's just not ready to be an NFL starter right now. He's just like he needs to sit on the bench for a couple of years. He's only played he only played thirteen college games. He just needs to chill on the bench and and watch some NFL games from that perspective. Yep. I feel like the only way you open up the game for them to win is if you just gift them a possession at the thirty five yard line. So it was I had I had sort of analytics fill over here saying no, go for it, be aggressive, yeah, be aggressive even at the thirty five. But then logical. Uh, Phil, on the other side, well, analytics are logical too, but saying, I mean, if you just punt, there's no way they're going to go 75 or 80 yards to score a touchdown. It's right. Dwayne Haskins. It's Dwayne Haskins. And then we found out, even if you give them the ball at the 35-yard line, Washington's <laughs> terrible, and they're just going to turn the ball back over anyway. So it turns out that it didn't even really matter. Yeah, it's interesting because that could have... They went for and fourth down. They didn't, you know, they tried to quarterback sneak with Cousins. They didn't get it. I mean, if you get a defensive breakdown in that I mean that changes everything at that point so I mean it's in that particular situation I would have punted the ball just because it's I'm at my own 35 and I trust my defense to not allow Dwayne Haskins who has had who has basically been a deer in the headlights every time he's stepped out onto a football field at least as a pro he's not going to go 75 yards against that defense case Keenum might have, but you know, cause case was moving the ball a little bit in the first half, but yeah, I, I would have just punted it there. I, I, I get that you're trying to hold on to the ball and keep it moving and maintain control of the game at that point. But I would, in that situation, I would have just punted the ball away. Cause you knew, you knew Dwayne Haskins wasn't going to move the ball in this defense. Yeah. But it's, it's just hilarious that Mike Zimmer's retort is it, he ain't going to move the ball from the 35 anyways. <laughs> right. He's probably going to throw it to, uh, Anthony Harris and he did. All right. Randy in Cottage Grove. He's back. Are you okay? Your phone went just, you, you just cut off on us and we thought something happened. Like you, we thought you oh, might have dropped not, your beer or something. So no, no, no. So I'm fine. Uh, I'm. Now, currently on my way home uh, from the bar, it was a disgusted feeling. And number one, what happened earlier was a guy uh, saw me on my phone at the urinal, and he thought I was taking a pic of him, and he hit it into the urinal. Oh. And I got it out, and it's fine. I I have a newer case that's waterproof. Uh, so, so that was good. But the rest of my night sucked, okay? Here's why. Number one. What did I? What did I just tell you guys? I'm doing right now. Where am I? Where? How am I getting home from the from the tavern? Uh, hopefully, you're not driving. I am driving. You know why? Because we didn't even get a buzz. Okay. The number one way that we celebrate at the bar is every time there's a touchdown, not a field goal, a touchdown. Mm. We get purple victory shots. We've been doing it for years. They know we come in, and it's a big part of how we get a night going. Okay, it's a big part. It, we depend on that. We depend on those shots to kind of supplement the buzz and get it going. And I, we're not gonna gonna pay our way to a buzz if Zim doesn't do his part. Okay, he didn't. He didn't do Jack tonight. Okay, and Zim, I'm talking to you right now. Okay, you didn't even, as far as I know, you know they had Dwight Haskins in there. He sucks. Okay, we should have rolled. You shouldn't just say I'm gonna run out the clock. You got to put up points and run up the score. You got to show the people who do the the, the, the power pool, power rankings. We got some swagger. I wouldn't be shocked if they jock us down a couple notches. Okay, no one in this bar had fun. No one was snug. Okay, I sure wasn't. And I'll tell you right now, the number one thing that I think is just an embarrassment tonight 
They didn't even target Anthony Thielen one time. Hmm. Okay. Anthony Thielen? No. Well, he did, on Twitter tonight, he did Hmm. call Dwayne Haskins Dwight Haskins. With an apostrophe. Yeah. Dwight Haskins. Yeah, it's uh, it's Adam Thielen, by the way, and uh, Dwayne he was, Haskins. He was hurt. He was hurt and uh, wasn't wasn't suited up. Randy, just should, by, we, but should the, we make sure Randy's okay? I certainly hope that he's close to home. Yeah, so it's never safe to be. Probably should have walked. Although home. he said, I mean, he he sounded coherent. Well, he sounded coherent for him, I guess. Not should've. compared to the average person. I want to say he probably should have walked home. Six five one six four six eight two five five Vikings Vent Line. Let's uh, let's go back here. Let's see uh, what Jay and Egan has to say about a nineteen to nine Vikings win that puts them at six and two after one half of the schedule is in the rearview mirror. What's going on, Jay? Hey, how are you guys? Good man. How uh, are you? I'm good, man. First off, I just want to hang out with that Randy dude one night. It sounds like it'd be a blast, right? It well, it sounds like it could be a blast, or it could it could a lead nightmare. to five years in prison or something. <laughs> one of the two. One of the two. Uh, just like a, a week ago, so the same Redskins team played. 49ers a week ago, right? And granted, it was a uh, monsoon, basically, in in Washington, D.C. when they played. However, everybody came out of that game just, you know, head over heels about how good the Redskins are, and they won by nine points. And granted, the field conditions, all that, a little bit different. But I think you guys hit on it. It's Thursday night. um, Things are tricky on a Thursday night, and people came out just loving the Niners uh, a week ago when they beat the same team by nine points. We beat the team, uh, same team by 10 points tonight. And people, you know, here to, to the previous caller, Dar- or Dar- Randy's point, like, oh, we want to go up and shoot up the power rank and you want to do all this. No, you don't. You just want to win the game and you don't want to show too much on tape. And if you feel like you've got it comfortably in hand, I don't, I don't see the value in, in really putting too much out there. Play the game as it's laid out in front of you. And yeah, I just think it's interesting how a week you know, everybody's loving on the Niners because they won by nine. Moving by ten, and everybody seems to be hating on us. Yeah, no, Jay. Th- these are these are good points. Let's just roll through some calls here because mm-hmm. we got full phone lines right now. As soon as someone drops off, you can jump in six five one six four six eight two five five. Let's go to uh, Nate in Washington. What's up, Nate? How's it going, guys? Fire away, sir. Hey. Uh, I'm honestly pretty happy with the win tonight. You know, like you guys are saying, Thursday night can be a little crazy. Uh, you know, after the Bears loss, we kind of didn't know what was happening. But we honestly came out with the best outcome since then. Um, and Kirk Cousins won a Thursday night football game. So that's a plus. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, hey, um, it's a prime time game. Kirk Cousins. for Kirk. Yeah. Big standing O. Uh, but honestly, like everyone else, uh, my biggest concern is Xavier Rose. I don't know yeah. uh, what he's doing on the football field. Um, it's It'll be a little embarrassing if he continues to play. And um, I just want to know what you guys think about maybe – does he still have trade value? Is that even a possibility? I don't know, man. Uh, I, just, I just want to hear you guys' take on that. Yeah, thank you. no, Nate, thank you. I think that's that's got to be the biggest frustration that I've yeah. seen from people. We were we were doing halftime vent line on our Instagram account. By the way, cheap plug. If you don't follow us on Instagram, it's just score north s k o r north on Instagram. And by far the biggest complaint of halftime vent line was Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, and he makes so much money. He's not tradable because he makes too much money and he's not good so it's just it's there's there's really no like in the nba because of salary cap reasons 
their strategy to just trading a contract in the NBA. If, mm-hmm. if, if someone, like the Timberwolves a while back traded for, uh, was it Mark Blunt? Like they've had a couple like, yeah. oh, Theo Ratliff. The Theo Timberwolves Ratliff. traded for Theo Ratliff one time. He was time. part of the KG trade. Yep. Just as a salary cap filler. Yep. So if this is the an NBA, expiring deal, and yep, yeah, if this is the NBA, and Xavier Rhodes was an expiring contract that allowed you to just get him off the books and have some cap space, like you could trade him, but it's not the NBA. You're yeah. you're just sort of stuck with it, and you're left to search for ways that he can get better. But like I told you earlier, Manny, I think there's three better cornerbacks on the roster right now, mm-hmm. and it's probably getting to the point where he just has to take a seat behind those guys. I mean, the time to move Xavier Rhodes was in the off season. And, you know, we here at Score North, we speculated about that. Like, could they move him to Kansas City? You know, that, and that was back when we were trying to figure out well, how are the Vikings going to get some cap space because they need to, they need to sign their first round draft pick, Garrett Bradbury. Yeah. How are they going to free up space to do that? Well, maybe moving Xavier Rhodes might be a way to do that and you can maybe get some value back for him. But now that he's still on this contract where, halfway into the season, and he has not played well at that cap number, I can't imagine a team wanting to give up any sort of asset for him. Yeah. We always appreciate alliteration on Vikings Vetlands. Let's go to Paul in Pennsylvania. What do you think, Paul? Hello, this is Bob from Pennsylvania. Oh, Bob. Bob. What's up, Bob? Oh, Bob, even better. What's going on, Bob? Six and two, Vikings. (laughs) All right, first of all, if I ever party with Randy, I get my own personal Uber driver and a bodyguard. (laughs) Yes. From Cottage Grove. That guy is legendary on your show. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I first started listening to your show was because of his calls. But anyway, you have a great show. And it's good to hear from you, Phil. I haven't heard from you in a while. Bob, we you can you can find my Vikings takes now between four and six o'clock uh, weekdays on Score North. So that's central Couple time. Couple points. One, Judd always talks about how early in the game, if Cousins gets in rhythm, he's unstoppable. And on that bullet that he threw to Diggs. That Diggs fumbled like you know he's had a problem with in the past. That he mm-hmm. did tonight. Got him out of rhythm. So, you know, it's an ugly win. Diggs made up for it with a couple big catches. And, you know, Cousins did go back to him later in the game. He dropped that deep pass right in his, you know, right in the bucket. He made a good sideline catch for a third down conversion. So I give credit to Diggs for, for making up for that fumble. And then the other uh, thing I want to have to say about Rhodes is the fact that uh, if you play Rhodes in – are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. We're intent- oh, okay, intently yeah. listening. With Rhodes, I think what they should do is play him in softer coverage and not put him up so close to his receiver so he can keep his eyes in front of everything. Once he turns his back – He's ineffective anymore. I mean, they get behind him, and he just he can't make the play once he turns his back. He's too slow, and he just doesn't have the capacity to, to play the ball and turn around. I think if they do that, he'll be a lot better off. And, you know, Zimmer's the type of coach who can do that. And then the other thing is, you know, I think once Zim figured out that, you know, they're at home, they got a slight lead, and has 
Haskins was in, you know, all right, I'm going to go for it inside the 40-yard line on fourth and one because I know that, you know, the Skins offense is not going to match up well against our defense. He was playing his B game all around, especially offensively. Playing the B game, all right, let's not show the whole world our A game because we got a couple tough games coming up. So let's not show them our A game. It's a tough Thursday night. Let's just get out of here with a W. And that was, you know, and that's about it. So I think they didn't show their A game late in the game. And, and you know what? I kind of like that in a way because we got the win. What do you think? Yeah. No, Bob, a bunch of great points. Good to hear your voice. And uh, keep calling back every week here on Vetline, all right? You bring, uh, you bring yeah, some of the best calls. Yeah, great to hear from you guys. Thanks. Right, Bob in Pennsylvania. Thanks, Bob. So to respond to just a couple things there, I'm, I'm going to pick out something he said earlier in his call, that it was just kind of an ugly win. Mm-hmm. See, it was only, to me, it was only really an ugly win because of the score. 19-9 to 9 was the final score. So it just, mm-hmm. it, but if you look at just some of the, think about the way the game played out and the penalties, obviously, just the Vikings had seven penalties for 74 yards. But yep. The Vikings, I, I think we need to draw the line at at this. The Vikings dominated Washington tonight. Look at the yardage. The Vikings doubled up Washington's total yards, four thirty four to two sixteen. Outgained them two to one. Yep, that's that is that does not happen very often in the NFL to outgain nope. someone that aggressively. The Vikings on third down were eight of fifteen tonight. Mm-hmm. Eight of fifteen. First downs twenty two to fourteen, and then you go down even further. Yards per play. Six and a half to five point three. That's mm-hmm. a huge gap. Uh, so what what happened was penalties in the red zone that forced the Vikings to kick field goals instead of score touchdowns, yep. and the Stefan Diggs fumble in field goal range as they were driving to potentially put up seven points, and that's why it looked uglier. I mean, this was the, the way the game flowed yardage wise. This was really more of like this was like a thirty to seven game that yeah. just kind of it, it it got hodgepodge together because of some penalties. And the Vikings just decided, let's ground upon these guys. Let's just let's just play conservatively and and let the chips fall that way. I think for the most part, the Vikings took care of business tonight. They got a lead. They outside of Diggs's fumble, which has become an issue now because he's got four of them this year and three of them, three of which he has lost. Outside of that, they took care of the ball. The only nitpicky thing, and you've touched on it already, was the penalties by the offensive line that stalled some drives where they were in position to score touchdowns, and then you get a holding call on Pat Elfline or you know something like that that puts you back and puts you behind the chains, and then you end up having to kick a field goal. And by the way, field goal kicking hasn't been much of an issue. We haven't talked about that a lot. Dan Bailey's been rock solid. Yeah, yeah. He hit a what was a fifty yarder tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that hasn't been a problem, you know. I mean, there there were some nitpicky things tonight, but overall, they took care of business against a bad team. They they did exactly what they were what they were supposed to do tonight. The only thing I'm surprised by tonight was that it wasn't a thirty to seven type of score. But when you take when you take context into consideration, you kind of understand. Okay. That's why they didn't win thirty to seven or thirty to thirty to nine, I guess in this case, because of the penalties that they had in the red zone, and that's you just chalk that up the offensive line, you yeah. know, Pat Elf line holding multiple times. Yeah, that's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. This is Vikings Vent Line on the all new Score North and the Score North app. Which, by the way, 
The Score North app is an awesome. If you're a Minnesota sports fan, you can a listen to live Score North programming, which includes two daily Viking shows. Vikings Vent Line is also five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday, and Purple Daily, which Alex Boone is part of that show. Sage Rosenfels, Matthew Collar is the daily host. Mackie and Joe with Rami. All of our podcasts and written content as well, and we are constantly giving away awesome prizes and awesome rewards exclusively through the Score North app. I know that we just gave away like $200 to Surly, a gift card. Um, we've had uh, big chunks to Top Golf, and we also we, we've been we've been giving away thousands of dollars through some of these fun challenges like the Bomba Challenge. So, but you've got to have the app if you want to be in on some of these reward opportunities. It's free to download in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. And uh, we'd appreciate it if you give us a five-star review, too, if you like the app. Let's squeeze in our first break here of Vikings Vent Line. We'll get to Dan and Vadness Heights. And if you want to chime in, the number is 651-646-8255. Vikings win 19-9, 6-2 in the first half of the season. Here's a screen for Cook. Dalvin Cook. Still going. Hello. Looking for a block from Diggs. And we'll see where they mark him. He's out of bounds near the eight. All right, welcome back. It's Vikings Ventline on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. And the Vikings did what they had to do tonight. They mm-hmm. beat the Washington Redskins 19-9. to They doubled Washington up in yardage. They were 8 of 15 on third downs. Dalvin Cook had, man, I don't have the math in front of me, but almost 200 yards from scrimmage. Stefan Diggs set a Vikings record, a three-game record for most yards by a receiver. He broke Randy Moss's record. And uh, the Vikings are 6-2 and two, heading into the second half of their schedule. One thing before we get to a, a few more phone calls here in our final segment of Ventline, 651-646-8255 if you want to chime in. Dan in Vadness Heights, just hang tight for one more second here. I want to bring this up because uh, we it's it's one thing we haven't gotten to the roughing the passer penalty on number ninety eight. Oh my god! For uh, Washington, he came in and yeah, there was some helmet to helmet contact. Yeah, but he he sort of pulled up as he was approaching Kirk Cousins and headbutted him somewhat inadvertently. I think mm-hmm. I see why they called it. If I'm a Washington fan, I'm probably not super thrilled about it. If I'm a Vikings fan, I can probably justify it. I mean, don't touch a quarterback's helmet with your helmet; it's a penalty. Yep. But I couldn't help but think. Show that clip to any quarterback or defensive lineman that played in like the 1970s or 80s and get their reaction. You know, some of the stuff you watch some of these old. I grew up and I had a VHS tape that I ran into the ground called NFL's Greatest Hits. It was Mm -hmm. a white case, big red block lettering. I think I remember that. Yeah. It was like 45 minutes of bone crunching hits, quarterbacks getting destroyed. And not a flag in sight. It was like quarterbacks taking wrestling moves off the top rope, getting suplexed, and no flags in sight. And uh, now we've come all the way to the point where if you inadvertently tap a quarterback's helmet with your helmet, it's a 15-yard penalty, and I found that to be interesting. Well, it was funny because Dak Prescott against the Packers a couple of weeks ago was, like, scrambling. And I think somebody, like, tapped him on the helmet as he was, like, scrambling by a... Yeah. Uh, Packer defender and like they called roughing the passer even though Dak Prescott wasn't passing on the play like he was scrambling and it's just like he got tapped on the helmet it's like come on guys what are we doing here I know I know we're trying to protect the quarterbacks but come on man yeah so all right 651-646-8255 Dan in Vadness Heights you're on Vikings Ventline 
Um, yeah, I'm a first time caller. Right on. Um, Welcome to the show, man. Keep don't don't drop any f bombs. All right, just be clean. Okay. Yeah, I won't do that. Yeah. All right. Um, on Rhodes, uh, I think that um, Hughes, Mackenzie Alexander, and uh, Trey Wayne should be the starting um, corners, CVs. And then, uh, do you think we should? Uh, I think we should trade for Trent Williams. And uh, I think that. Uh, all right, Dan. I, I feel like like Dan, I think, I think he, he, Dan is like, like giving his take on our show and listening to another show at the same time. Yeah, I think he's listening to Inside the NBA. It sounded like Barkley in the background. I think because the Clippers and Warriors are at halftime right now. Actually, Dan, call back and just yeah. let's just listen to Inside the listen, NBA let's just for a little while. To Chuck, It'd be great. Thanks for calling. Just it was, was a little awesome. bit tough tough to hear your point there. That was great. Uh, Nick in South Carolina. Hey guys, first time caller. Um, awesome, love the man. show. Hey, Alexander Madison, is he the second best running back in the NFC North? Um, wow. He's definitely playing well. Uh, you know, and then the offense in a whole, uh, you got Diggs as a fifth rounder, Thielen undrafted, uh, Cook second rounder, Madison, I think he was a third, second rounder, third rounder, um, playing great. Dude, hold on. Let's let's go to that question for a second. Stay on here because he's Alex Madison is better than any running back the Bears have right now. Yep. I think he's better than any running back the Lions have. Going to be, you know, the bee's knees. I'm still taking Aaron Jones over Alex Madison. Aaron Jones with the Packers. That's a fair point. But like, you could make a Nick. That's a really good point. You could make the case for Alex Madison being. A top three running back in the division. <laughs> Vikings have two of the two of the three best backs in the division. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's been he's been good. He's been really really good. He was thank good you, again Nick. Appreciate tonight. you, man. He was really really good again tonight. Was it thirteen carries, sixty one yards? I think it was. Yeah, he's uh, he's just a perfect. I don't even want to say change of pace necessarily. It's like they don't even really skip a beat when he's coming in the game. He's been a great compliment. Yeah, they ran that. They ran the ball. It wound up being thirty-eight carries for one hundred sixty-one yards. So it was it was only air quotes four point two yards per carry, mm-hmm. and it just kind of goes along with the strategy I think they brought into this game, which is we don't need to do anything squirrely. We don't need to when you're when you're playing the Giants on the road and you're coming off of that putrid Bears game, throw the ball deep a bunch of times and see what happens, right? And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. When you're playing a Philadelphia team with Carson Wentz, and you're probably going to have to score. 28, 30 points to beat them going into that game. That's what you're probably thinking. Yep. You're going to throw some deep balls. You're going to go play action deep balls, right? Washington, in their last four games, they've scored, in the last four games, the most points they scored was 17 against the Dolphins, which is the worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They were shut out last week. And then the two weeks before, uh, so their first two games in that stretch, I believe it was three points and seven points. And so they're coming mm-hmm. into your house with your defense and there was almost no path to Washington scoring more than like 10 or 14 points. And so the Vikings offensive game plan clearly reflected a little bit more of a conservative approach. Don't get squirrely. Don't throw deep balls down the field that could get picked off or put Kirk Cousins in a situation where he's got to take a seven step drop and get popped in the back and fumble. Right. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was smart. 
it was smart. Yeah. Alex Madison, by the way, 61 yards on the ground tonight. I think that puts him to, if my math serves me correctly, 331 yards on the season. Yeah. And halfway through, eight games in, on pace for uh, 662 yards as a backup running back. That's that's pretty solid, man. We'll take one more call here from Richard in St. Paul. You get the final word, Richard. What's going on, man? Nice. I got in. Uh, What's up, guys? First time caller. All right. Well, a bunch of first time callers tonight. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, just want to talk about the game. So I thought it was pretty good. It was obviously a Thursday game. You can kind of tell from how sloppy the offense was. Yeah. It was a pretty bad game. So I'm just happy to get a win. I just want to make one comment on a defense. I think it's time Rhodes uh, takes uh, or Hughes takes Rhodes' place uh, because he's becoming a real liability out there. And uh, I just think we need to start moving on from him, look for a trade, and just start Hughes. Yeah, no, I think, uh, Richard, thank you for the phone call. I think that's been the biggest negative. Don't yeah. you agree? I mean, that's just yeah. people are uh, people are seeing it for what it is. Xavier Rhodes just doesn't really cut it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's really sad to see, too, Phil, because this guy was so good two years ago. Yeah, this is what bothers me when people start to, because I've seen some comments on social media calling him trash, and I feel like he's earned a little bit more respect than to put the word trash or garbage next to his name, even if that's right. the way that he's playing right now. That guy was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL for like three or four years mm-hmm. and was a big reason why you went to the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago, too. He was a so, huge, huge, huge part of the best team, or the best defense in football in 2017. And, I mean, I, I, I'm just, it's, it's easy to sort of like rip on him and say he's terrible and he sucks and trade him or cut him or anything. I'm I'm actually kind of sad to see him performing this way because it's we're not far removed from him being one of the elite corners in the league and he's just he's just not that guy anymore and it's it's sad. It's and and I don't know what you do at this point aside from just take snaps away from him and you give more snaps to Mike Hughes, I guess, and you just you carry on, but Right now, he can't be a guy that's taking a majority of your snaps as, as a as a starting corner for you anymore. He's yeah. just he's just not that guy anymore. Yeah. So uh, that's a wrap for uh, this episode of Vikings Ventline. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. You can find Vikings Ventline again tomorrow morning right here on Score North, ten o'clock to noon, including Judd Zolgad and Danny Cunningham taking your phone calls and taking your feedback on social media. And we appreciate you hanging out with us. Vikings Ventline always available via podcast. If you missed it, you can go anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Apple, Spotify, the Score North app is a great place to start. And just search Vikings Ventline. For Manny, I'm Phil Mackey, Brendan Berger behind the scenes. That's a wrap on uh, a week eight edition. Six and two, 19 to nine victory over Washington. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled eight billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world like the Nissan Leaf. It can move racing forward and take your breath away like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.